Hi, and welcome to Future Proof Your Career, the podcast for BAs and online business managers. We're your hosts, Ingrid Bayer and Melissa Patterson from the VA Institute, your go-to resource for all things VA. Buckle up and let's get into it. Okay, welcome back and thank you for joining us in our podcast. Uh, This is episode four. Can you believe that? I know. With me, I've got Melissa who's who's joining us for all our episodes. So thanks, Melissa, for being part of this one again. Pleasure. Um, And what we're going to talk today about is, as we alluded to last week, is we're going to start to get into some meaty topics. So this topic this week is about the secrets of superstar VAs. So, hmm. in in our experience, and and Ingrid certainly in in your long experience, <laughs> because remembering as you've said a few times already, fossil. you feel that you're a fossil, fossil um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, which you're not. Yeah. Um, so. You know, this is from our experience what we see that sets people apart um, and and helps people be successful. I re- I really really think that it's it does define. Um, mm. So so what we're going to go through is a few pointers that we believe define what makes up a superstar VA, right? Absolutely. And we will have show notes that will have um, the the points for each one of these. Uh, so if you are listening while you're on the go, um, please refer to the show notes. Um, if you're sitting at your office, you know, well, you can take notes. So. Yeah, take <laughs> notes, take notes. Um, okay, so let's lift, start lifting the lid on this because I reckon it's really, really interesting. Um mm. One of the things that we see really clearly is that people who succeed, and we call them superstar VAs, um, they really understand their key strengths or their service areas, right? They know what they do well. Well, Mm. What what do you think about that, Mel? Absolutely. So, you know, um, there is a tendency for people when they start out um, to compromise uh, themselves in terms of um, what they agree to to perform in terms of um, services. Um, so the people that do well understand what they do and do well and they know intimately the things that they are not interested in or um, have no experience in um, and they communicate that. Yeah, and we know too that um, as kind of as an offshoot of that is that um, within the industry we're able to collaborate or subcontract out Mm -hmm. to other virtual assistants. So, you know, knowing your key strengths is one thing. It doesn't mean that as a VA you have to turn away people Mm. who come to you with potentially a task that you can't do. You know, put your business entrepreneur hat on and go, okay, well, how can I actually do something with this? Um, Absolutely. And so... You know, VAs who are in a stage of growth, and, and we, we see this happen with some people really rapidly, is they'll go, you know what, I've got so much happening um, and I can see that there's, I can grow. Let, talk to me about how I collaborate. Talk to me about how I can actually outsource to other VAs. So, you know, they've got their hat on, their business entrepreneur hat on. They know what they do well. Mm-hmm. Um, they know what they don't do well. Yeah. 
and so they can actually move their business um, or scale it up to yeah. embrace that, right? Absolutely. So know what you what your strengths are mm. and know what you won't touch. Uh, we say this a lot, stay in your lane, right? Yes. Like <laughs> there's nothing wrong with if you're interested in something else, learning it um, yeah. and, you know, having goals to embrace an additional key service area. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I certainly did that with copywriting with my business. Um, you know, I upskilled further um, to be able to offer offer that. Um, but... If you've got no experience in it and no interest in it, um, it's not something, you know, that you would generally offer. You generally find someone you can collaborate with um, to to meet the client outcome. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to say no. It is okay to say no. It mm. so is okay to say no. Um, and that's what I, well, that actually, what you said then raises a really good point. So, one thing that, and we talked about it last week and the week before, you know, how our businesses, yours and mine, have changed. Mm. Um, so your key strengths will most probably change or maybe Absolutely. not. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you'll learn more, you'll add more to your suite of services mm. um, or you might refine them or define mm. them even more, even further. Mm. So just remember that it's okay to make changes mm. but understand what you're good at. Operate mm. out of your area of expertise, right? Absolutely. Okay. Okay, the next, next one. Mm. They absolutely know who their ideal client is. <laughs> That's scary for a lot of people, isn't it, Ingrid? Well, you know, I, I do talk about this a fair bit because... Um, there is a growth within any in any business and and a business owner has to kind it's almost like you you're growing into it you know like you grow into that role so for a lot of us we might start out and we might just go you know what I actually I just want work and, mm. and I and I know that's how I started that was my motivation it was about just getting work so I didn't really think about who my ideal client was but certainly as time went went by mm -hmm. I had a really good picture of who I loved to work with. And then, you know, I started to work on this whole ideal client concept or ideal client avatar, which we, you'll often hear it referred to. Mm. The reason why I think it's great and certainly why VAs who are very successful are successful is because they actually, when they know who their ideal client is, they actually know where to market, right? That's right. So and they know approach. how, absolutely, yeah. they know where to market and they know what verbiage to use. So, you know, once you know who you're talking to, you can speak their language. Yeah, and it might take a little bit of time to get to that point, yeah. but do know that it is something you'll need to work mm -hmm. on in your business as it grows. And so. that can change. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you might decide, like you might look at it from a different perspective. You might be able to right now sit there and write down who you don't like to work with. Yes. Eliminate industries. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, typically for, for me, um, you know, uh, I, I know that I, I don't just want to work in training and coaching mm. um, I don't want to touch anything that's to do with public education system 
right? Mm. So I can drill down even further. Um, and, you know, training and coaching, you know, I've, I've worked for uh, someone that do, was doing building and construction. That's not the type of training coaching that I want to be involved in because mm. um, I, it just is, it goes over my head. So, yeah. yeah, you're not interested in it. It's no. not something that you've got a passion about, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's really interesting once you start to unpack this whole thing about, you know, I remember when I worked on this and I realized that my ideal client was. So, so when you realise it too, I want you to understand that we're not saying that you can't work for someone who's not your ideal That's client. Right. It's just being aware of who your ideal client mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, my ideal client was male between the ages of about 45 and 55. Mm-hmm. They were um, early adopters of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, they were quite uh, established. So, mm-hmm. uh, and by established, I mean that they had money, they had a cash flow. Um, and they knew what they wanted and they were good communicators. So they used technology in a way that facilitated a great working relationship. So, you know, I knew that that's what I wanted. That's Those are the sort of people I wanted to work with. But in saying that, I worked with women as well. And mm. although I can say time and time again, that didn't work as well for me in terms mm. of, you know, my satisfaction. So, you know, we're coming back to building a business that you love when you do when you're doing something you love you're going to do it well well hopefully you're going to do it well yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's that's the idea yeah. um yeah. yeah so when you're looking at your ICA there are different parts that you can look at to your ICA and that's you know the age um the uh gender um the industry that they're in, the size of their business, the type of the business, is it a sole trader, is it a company, is it, you know, small to medium, are they home-based, are they, you know, um, operating out of a small office, you know, and it's knowing what their pain points are and how you can solve those pain point problems. Yeah. So getting really clear. So yeah, absolutely. That's a really good topic. Mm. Um all right, so let's move on to the next point. So we've done two points, key strengths and ideal client. So the third point that we've got on our list is they actually know the value that their service brings. Mm. So they understand their value too, right? Yeah. And what they're worth <laughs> to a business. Yeah. So they're not... Um, thinking that they need to charge $20 an hour and that that's okay. Yes, no. <laughs> Please don't. Be incorrect, no deal. <laughs> so the value that you bring, uh, the value that your service brings is, you know, the pain points that you're actually addressing for your client. Mm. So think about your client. Um, are they somebody who is or is your ideal client someone who maybe is charging $200 an hour or the equivalent of for their services. Well, I'm sure that they can then afford the $40 or $50 an hour or, you know, around about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that it's, you're going to charge in order to. So, not only are you doing something for them that relieves them, but you're probably doing it in half the, the time that that would take them to do it. So, your, your value, I, I actually have seen that uh, analogy of. Um, you know, when it comes down to pricing. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can explain it well enough here, but it's a picture of a, a beautiful 
illustration of a horse. Oh, and um, I know the one. Yeah, and then um, and then the horse starts to kind of get a bit more of a line drawing, and in the end, it's just like a stick figure. And it's like that whole comparison between using someone who's absolutely skilled at doing what they do um through to somebody who you know like you pay the least amount of money for um and it's about you actually spending the time over the last x number of years learning your craft yeah that's there's that meme that goes around that says you're not paying me for the three hours that it took me to complete your task you're paying me for the 10 hours uh, for the 10 years yeah. that it took me to learn to do that in that's, three hours yeah so understand your value knowing your value hand on heart knowing your value and not accepting I mean look there's room for negotiation but certainly Absolutely. not accepting less than that not being in the position where you're uncomfortable and you feel like you're being pushed um because what will happen as a result, I know because I've been yeah. there, um, is that there is, um, you know, you, you feel resentful towards a client who treats you that way. And, you know, you if you allow that to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that, if you allow that to happen, it's going to perpetuate. So Absolutely. You will, you'll find that you probably don't get the same amount of work completed because you're not passionate about it you you don't you know you don't enjoy it it's not something that you can add value to yeah so you know just be really really clear about I guess understanding your key strengths but knowing the value that your service Mm. brings is is really really important agreed Mm. so number four they have a plan or a strategy to follow. Oh, my God. We've just gone through this, haven't we, the planning? Yep. Yep. So, um, look, you can absolutely start a business by Frankensteining together bits and pieces that you find all over the internet. The problem with that is that you're going to find differing opinions on lots of different things, different ways to do it, and then you've got to work out from there which what what of those things suits you. If you're paralysed by analysis, um, <laughs> which that's another thing that we've been talking about lately, um, that's probably not a great um, way to go about it. You need to put together a plan and a strategy to follow. So we see very, very regularly in um, the network group in, in on Facebook uh, people saying, I don't know how to find clients. Well, that's something that you need to develop a plan and a strategy for. And, and write it down or yeah. type it out and commit it to a document so that you have mm-hmm. something to follow and set some goals up, like do yeah. some basic goal setting um, because without them, honestly, you're going to be like a ship that's rudderless. You know, if you, if you actually manage to, to make it to, you know, even close to where you want to be, well, you'll be lucky. But if you have a plan or a strategy and you're aiming for it, then great. You may not get there instantly yeah. or it may, it may be a couple of attempts, but you're actually on that trajectory. And by having a plan, it's more than just writing down this is my goal. We're actually talking about the strategy involved to get there. So map it out or get a coach or a mentor to yeah. help you 
to actually identify the strategies that you, you can use. So. The amount of people that we see who've tried to set up on their own and then they've come back to us and said, I've realised that I'm probably missing a lot of things. They go through our training and, by the way, this is not a sell-in to our training, um, but they come back to our training and they say, I didn't know half this stuff. Yeah. I haven't been using agreements. I've got three clients where I don't have a contract for or um, I hadn't considered all of this stuff with regards to my pricing. Mm. Um, you know, all of that stuff um, put a plan together. Yeah, and, yeah, I think a business plan, so we certainly go through a business plan with anyone who comes through our program. I I just think it's so valuable because it's then a, a point that you can go back to and you can reflect and then you can see what worked. It's like we were talking about, you know, we had a session not so long ago with the group because it is the beginning of the year and we talked about, you know, looking back to actually assess forward, yeah. moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, it's really important that, great, you do a plan, fantastic, job done, but it's not job done. It's actually continuous improvement that's what are the actions that you're going to take to meet so you it's not you can't just have a goal Mm. what are the actions that you're going to take to get there yeah exactly break it down yeah all right so we're powering through this list we're up to point number five which is that they understand the importance of having a business mindset yes and we talk about this all the time. Oh, we, it, the mindset is one of the key elements to building a great business. So having the right mindset, mm-hmm. um, you know, you said it last week again and we said it the week before that if you think you can or you think you can't, yeah. you're right. Um, but it goes further than that, doesn't it? So, you know, Absolutely. we talk about entrepreneurial mindset. So tell mm-hmm. us, what Mel, what do you think an entrepreneurial mindset is? Well, um, I actually have a piece of paper right here. Um, so <laughs> how opportune is that? I know, how opportune. Um, so there's different um, parts of having an entrepreneurial mindset. So I think uh, the biggest difference uh, between an entrepreneurial or business mindset and an employee mindset is as to be successful with this, you need to traverse um, the um, the swap over yeah. from employee to yeah. business or entrepreneurial mindset. So things like being able to generate ideas. So the most overused word of 2020, being able to pivot when thing you know you have to be able and I, I think I've said this about four times already um you have to be agile you have to be able to move and think differently um not throw your hands up in the air and go oh well COVID's hit now I've lost all my clients you know I'd better find employment you know um being able to execute those ideas being persistent optimistic self-confident um future focused um I guess your risk acceptance and risk adversity. Well, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset, I would say when it comes to risk, um, and I know because I do this myself, Mm. if there's a decision I have to make, I'll weigh it up in terms of risk. So I'll look at the pros, I'll look at the cons, I'll think about, you know, 
what that means. Like what do I need to do to make, if I'm spending money, what do I need to do to make that money back? Mm. What does that look like? What's the risk to me if this goes wrong? Um, so entrepreneurial mindset is kind of, um, yeah, a lot of weighing up but also going, yeah. with, going with your gut, like trusting oh. yourself. How, yeah, I, that's like kind of my mantra, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Is trust your intuition, yeah. trust your instinct. Um, you know, uh, yes, you can get opinions from other people, <laughs> um, but um, opinions are like bum holes. Everyone <laughs> has one, but we see them, you know. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, yes, you can get opinions from other people, but get opinions from people who actually have experience in the oh, thing yeah. that you're wanting an opinion about. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, and it absolutely. So again, it comes back to, so if you're going to get coaching, um, mm. you know, and, and entrepreneurs, I know like people who absolutely um, want to build a, a business, they have to have that entrepreneurial mindset. Mm. Um, and this kind of, cuts into the next point a bit but if you're going to get coaching in any business like if I was going to build houses um I wouldn't <laughs> I know you're laughing because I'd never do that um but I wouldn't get coaching um in that mindset to be able to achieve um from somebody who uh I don't know is a financial planner a financial planner right they would have absolutely go. no idea no. Um, of the mindset required to succeed um, mm. and the skills for that matter required to succeed. So, you know, understanding your entrepreneurial mindset, building a business mindset um, and transitioning from that uh, that employee mentality um, where, you know, there's not like, yeah, great, you've got a job, but there's not a heck of a lot you have to do apart from deliver, but you don't have to kind of go and find the clients generally to keep that job. Um, yeah, generally the work comes yeah, to you. it's there and it's a given that mm. that's your job, you're employed on these terms mm -hmm. and that's the way it is. It's sort of a, a sure thing, which is why, you know, people revert back to jobs because it's a yeah. sure thing. There's no surety in, in your own business. Well, that's interesting because it used to be a sure thing. Mm. Mm. I don't know that it is as much anymore. Well, you know, you're right in that. The the landscape around us has changed mm. thanks to COVID um, and we're seeing a lot of people questioning um, mm. the value of actually working in paid employment um, as opposed to setting up something where they have more control. Yep. Um, so and for employers as well, um, considering uh, the risk uh, that, that goes with, having an employee yeah um and um being bound to provide a certain amount of hours um yeah. versus them utilizing uh independent contractors that's massive so you know build that entrepreneurial mindset because yeah. that's something that we see time and time again is vas who are excelling in their own business have that entrepreneurial mindset and if you don't know how to build a mindset like that, hang around with successful VAs. Yep. You, absolutely. You know, that saying that you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with, mm. are those five people, do yeah. they have an entrepreneurial mindset? If mm. they don't, go and find people like that. 
Well, actually, that's a really big thing, and I'm going to talk about this really briefly because it's something that was played out for me when I started my business. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are, and look, God bless them, my friends, most the majority of my, my friends from when I was in a job are also in a job, right? They don't yeah. run their own business. Yeah. And so they did not understand or support. They actually thought I was crazy, to be honest. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah setting up a business. They, and so it did not do me well to actually involve them in anything to do yeah. with my business. I didn't talk business with them because they actually didn't understand. Mm. Um and certainly things have changed now, but I have surrounded myself with people who have that business mindset. And look, you know, I choose to go to things and in, you know, again, invest in myself, um, but I choose to do things that are actually going to benefit my growth as an entrepreneur. So the next point, actually, we're, we're jumping ahead. We but just, yeah, good investing segue. In, yeah, investing in yourself. Yes. So what do you do, Mel, to invest in yourself? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a business um, owner, I'm a bit of an online course junkie. Yeah. Um, so I'm always signing up to something, you know. And sometimes that's to my detriment. Um, <laughs> I sometimes sign up to things, and then I go, actually, I already know this, or you know, um, I remember last year there was something that I <laughs> contemplated signing up to, and I had a chat to um, Angela, and I just had this, you know. Um, a light bulb go yeah. off that I actually already had access to just a different version of this <laughs> course through something else that I, I would paying for. So, um, you know, what it means is um, you need, so we've spoken about this before, when you're an employee, generally your employer will pay for you to do training and to go to conferences and, and network and stuff. As a business owner, you pay for that stuff yourself. Mm. Um, so you have to invest in yourself to be able to grow your business. Um, you have to be able to, uh, whether that's learning how to do things or how to think differently or, you know, working with a coach who's going to help you um, reach a, a big goal that you've got, you know, all of those things. Ingrid, you are a fantastic, you're a shining example of this because you you are always investing in yourself. Um, <laughs> I, I don't mean that negatively. No, no, I know. But sometimes I go, oh, my God, I've just done it again. I've spent more money. Yeah. But it is like truly the results, unless, the, you know, there are some times when it falls flat on its face, but yeah. the majority of times that I invest in myself, um, I get so much more value back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the next point is they understand the importance oh. of the client experience. Go, Ingrid. Oh, my God, that's so close to my heart. Yeah. So, you know, stop making it all about you actually at the end of the day it's about the outcome for the client Mm -hmm. so superstar VAs or people who actually become very successful in their own online business managers or um, virtual assistant business um, will be people who really understand that it 
is all about the client and the outcome. So they're outcomes driven. Um, They want to do the very best. They want their clients to walk away just going raving about them. Yep. Um, And they will strive to do their best every single time. And if they make a mistake, we all make mistakes. doesn't mean they're perfect. We put our hand up and go, whoops, I'm super sorry. I'm going to develop a process so that this never happens again. Yeah. Um, You know. They take ownership over it. Um, they recognise it um, and they're proactive about it. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they don't try and um, hide behind things. Well, there's no excuses. They're not excuse-driven. No. So, you know, they're, they're solution-focused. Um, if they have a problem, they come to the client with a solution as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember um, uh, one of the schools that I taught at, the, the principal had a rule, if you come into my office with a problem, you have to come with a solution, otherwise I'm not talking to you. Well, that was one of the things that I learned actually being a manager mm. was to ask when someone came to me with a problem, I would then say, well, what do you think is the solution? Yep. Because it was giving them an opportunity to become proactive and solution-focused. Mm. So, you know, coming back to the client experience, I think it's just so important to never forget that your client is the lifeblood of your business. Yep. And you you need to recognise that you are there to help make your client's life easier Mm. so you are just one part of their business um, and um, recognizing that um, they have other parts of their business that they need to be focused on Mm. Um, so you know yeah I think well I think also it's about um, you said proactive but when when you're um, looking at the client outcomes, mm. if you see a problem arising that's a little bit outside of scope of your mm-hmm. services, you can bring that up with your client. You can suggest things or you might talk to somebody else who knows something about a particular area or aspect of your client's business that, you know, could offer some support. So it's just being that proactive, um, having a proactive approach. Yeah. yeah. The last one and um, actually another principle that I had, I remember he used to have a saying, network or die. (laughs) So the last point that we've got in the secrets of superstar VAs is that they understand the benefits of networking to build their business. Mm. And not not, not being, sorry, Ingrid, to interject, not being tied to the outcome of that networking interaction. So you want to build relationships to build relationships and have connections. If you go out with the attitude that you're networking to get a new client or to get a a sale or, you know, um, you've got the wrong attitude. Yeah. In fact, I would love to replace the word networking with relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. So, connecting. Yeah, connecting. Yeah. yeah. Having conversations. I mean, I've had cl- clients appear in the oddest situation, mm. like, you know, sitting next to them on a plane, you know, and just honestly just being, like, polite mm-hmm. and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I better talk to this poor man who's next to me because he's right next to me. Yeah. Um, and next thing you know, we were landing in Melbourne and, like, an hour 
and a half had passed and uh, we were exchanging business cards yeah. because there was some work involved. And, you know, the checkout, even things like that, I'll be talking to a checkout chick and and talking about something and next thing you know, there's an opportunity there. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going away this weekend actually, Mel, and it was really interesting because when I was looking at this place because we're staying at this beautiful little retreat, being a bit jealous, Marsh. Flash. <laughs> um, but their website's crap. So you, <laughs> you know what I'm going to be saying to them, don't you? No, I've got no idea. <laughs> Just a little helping hand, maybe leave the business card yeah. behind. But, you know, I think be prepared to have conversations with people yeah. and have conversations, maybe start it with what do you do? Mm. Tell me about your business. Well, even yesterday, I went and saw a naturopath yesterday um, and she said, so tell us, so what do you do? Tell me about what you, you do. And I'd already checked out, similar to you, their website and their socials and it was pretty bad. Um, and I said, I actually help people bring their businesses online um, and help them with their social media, um, manage their client communication points and online courses. And she just, her eyes lit up and she said, I need to talk to you. <laughs> I was like, well, let's tell me what I need to do first and how I can get myself well. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's an order to this, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's planting those seeds, you know, um, without being tied to an outcome. Um, so it might not be that the person that you're talking to is the person that's going to um, enlist you, your services. It might be that they're talking to their people and someone else says to them, oh, I need help with, you know, I want to do an online course. And they go, actually, I just spoke to someone yesterday. Um, so you've got it swings and roundabouts. Mm. Don't be so desperate that you think every conversation has to bring you a client. Just be having the conversation to get your um, your services and, and you out there. Yeah, and and who do people buy from? We know that. People that they know, like and trust. Great. And if you go out as salesy, are they going to like and trust you? I Exactly. And I we have somebody that I think, you know, in the future we're going to bring her on because she talks about sales in a very different way. Um, and, you know, the other thing too, Mel, and I want you to talk a little bit to this, is mm -hmm. we're talking about networking. Pretty much what we've been talking about is the in-person stuff, but talk yeah. about the online networking. Yeah, so um, there, your networking strategy can be as unique as you. Mm. Um, so face-to-face -face and online are very, very important. Um, I have said it time and time again, uh, and this is in my experience, um, so you may hear people say different, um, don't go in, don't think that looking at a Facebook group and someone jumping in and saying, I need a VA, and you responding along with 100 other people saying, here's my business name, I can help, that is not applying for a job. That is not going to help you get towards um, 
you know, securing more clients. Mm. Uh, You need to look at building relationships, adding value, um, looking for the questions that people are asking where you can uh, offer advice Mm. and assistance. Um, You know, go out to, uh, this is a saying that I heard heaps in my network marketing days, you want to be of service, Mm. okay? Um, Go out with a servant's heart. Yep. Um, Give generously. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, online, build relationships again. Like great thing, great strategy that I found, and I I know some people do this really, really well, is build, um, it may be online, but it could be your local online group. Yeah. You know, build connections with those people and then suggest to chat separately, have a phone call with them. Um, obviously, I'd love to have a coffee right. with you or, yeah. you know, um, have a Zoom chat because I'm really interested in finding out more about what yeah. you do, yeah. you know. Um, and the other thing, um, personalise your communications with people. Mm. So um, I do not accept uh, LinkedIn connection requests from anyone that hasn't sent me a personalised message. Mm. Um, so go to the effort of sending a message to someone and saying, hey, you know, um, I, this is the reason that I've chosen to connect with you. Like, be honest. Well, it, it could be along the lines of I help. So just say you're approaching someone who's your ideal client, let's say, which is probably someone you would want to approach on LinkedIn because mm. that's the tool, right? You might say, let's just say it's a naturopath. Okay. <laughs> um, that's, it. that's topical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might say I work, I help naturopaths build their online presence and streamline client communications, or just say, you know, I, I'm i interested in connecting with you because I can see that um, we're both, uh, you know, you're a naturopath um, and I work with naturopaths. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I just am interested in connecting on here. Yeah. Um, Be honest you know. and put a link to your website if you want to. It's a good place to do it. You've only got uh, how many characters? 30 characters. Yeah, it's not many. No, uh, it's more 150 than 30. or something. Three. I, don't know. I can't. 300. I don't know. It's something. <laughs> There's a three there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, something, something. Yeah, we've got to. Well, I, I do provide that little strategy to people actually. But, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, Anything else that you can think of, Mel? Because we've covered all our points, but was there anything that we may. Ooh. What? That, yes, there is one. Okay. They have access to a um, positive mental attitude toolkit and they utilise it so they know what their toolkit is. So for everyone it's different. Um, So for me my toolkit would be um, uh, gratitude uh, practice every day, um, meditation, uh, essential oils, going for a walk. I go for a walk every day and I try every day. I try and walk just a little bit further than the day before um, or a little bit faster or something like that. Um, fresh air, music, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Ingrid, yours is your morning walk. Yep. Um, what else do you? Oh, I, look, I'm like I said, I'm a nature person. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just get a lot of pleasure out of being um, in nature and just being able to, yeah, just have that time where I can appreciate, even if it's going out the backyard, which is yeah. I can see, and planting my feet on the grass and yeah. just 
enjoying that, you know, that whole feeling. So it's knowing what is in your unique toolkit that you can pull out when you're starting to feel a bit, you know, eh. we're in our own businesses, so we have to be our own cheerleaders. So that means knowing what your toolkit is and pulling the things out. And on that note, I think it's time to end and I hope that this has really given you some insights into what people who are very successful as, as VAs will demonstrate time and time again as traits that we see. And so, look, I thank everyone for being on the podcast. Um, please do subscribe because we've got more yes. juicy information coming. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I've said absolutely about 50 times this uh, episode. That's, that's right. going to have to go on my, my <laughs> don't say list. <laughs> that's all right I I didn't notice but yeah um all right everyone well thanks for joining us thanks Mel for being part of this one and we will talk to you all soon hey and thanks for listening to our episode make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything that we have coming in the future And also, we'd love you to share this podcast with any friends, family or colleagues who you think would like to future-proof their career. Thanks for listening. Bye.